Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And it's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, happy to be with you again this week. We've got a great show lined up for you. Joe Jaffe is going to be joining us. Uh, you may think Jaffe. Let me think Jaffe. Andrew Jaffe. Nope, that's a different Jaffe. Uh, Joe Jaffe is president and founder of Jaffe LLC, and it's uh, it's a website called Get the Juice and a whole bunch more, too, as well. And we've got uh, the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at AdAge. Com. Advertising shows a big radio midgets production. And uh, we've also got, uh, let's see, not this hour, Brad, but next hour. Patrick Meyer, Jeffrey Gittimer is going to be with us, Andy Borowitz. And we look at an advertising showcase as we wrap up uh, this first hour of the advertising show. Interesting day in New Orleans. Uh, they're selling oh, yeah. lots of stuff there, and hopefully those folks get out uh, uh, quickly and safely. And this is really weird, and this is not a show about the weather. But uh, it's it's really incredible to think that this is the third in the recorded history of uh, storms, tropical storms and hurricanes, the third Category 5 hurricane to hit the United States in recorded history. So those hmm. folks, uh, if you've been to New Orleans, you'll wonder what it's going to look like tomorrow around 12 noon. It's probably yeah. not going to look much like the same. And hopefully those folks are getting out. You know, I heard something really weird, too. Uh, uh, being a uh, an animal lover, as we are, Brad, they were saying that people who are not taking their animals, their dogs and their cats with them, are uh, possibly going to be fined or, um, uh, you know, uh, slapped on the wrist by the Animal Protective League. It's like, how could you be so stupid and cruel as to not take your animals with you as you leave right. this, uh, this city who's going to get hit with this hurricane? So it's interesting stuff going on in New Orleans. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens by tomorrow. Well, that's an interesting report because you're able to do that without wearing your slicker. My slicker mm-hmm. and my and my boots. My and boots. your boots. Yes, of course. When you, you have know, a it is. 25-foot storm surge, doesn't matter. Storm yeah, equipment is good. <laughs> For those not familiar, uh, New Orleans is a, a city that's under sea level as it is. There's, right. you know, We have a worldwide audience, and many of our listeners uh, around the globe may not realize that New Orleans... Not unlike uh, uh, Venice, for example, they they, uh, they have pumps underneath the city of New Orleans that actually run 24 hours a day to pump the water uh, out from underneath that city. And uh, when it rains, just a just a casual rain will flood uh, New Orleans. So uh, we yeah. were uh, hoping for the best. I, I saw a news item this morning on CNN where the uh, Homeless and less fortunate, those that did not have vehicles to evacuate, sure. are uh, going to the uh, Superdome. Superdome, right, exactly. I wonder if they're opening concessions. <laughs> I don't think they'll they show should. a lot. Well, well, I'm sure they have emergency supplies of food there as well, but uh, yeah. and, and $5 hey, you know, beers. Yeah, exactly. this, yeah this is, uh, i got to tell you, I, I've been to the Superdome <laughs> for a New Orleans Saints game many years ago, and uh, the food there is outstanding. They have great food in New Orleans, and just as you would think, they're in a sports arena. Uh, they do a great job with that. It's not just your typical uh, hot dog and sauerkraut. Yeah, uh, right. I, I don't know if you heard about this, Ray. Uh, you're a big fan of Paul Harvey, and I am as well. But there was a mix-up recently that prompted ABC News Radio to issue an emergency order to 1,300 affiliates to kill 
Paul Harvey's news and commentary broadcast this past Wednesday. Harvey, hmm. of course, one of the most widely heard radio programs uh, on the pl- on the pl- uh, planet. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, it was worse than that. He he meant to deliver a commentary on the controversy over uh, Pat Robertson's call to assassinate Venezuelan uh, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez. Not a good thing. But no. instead. Uh, after the 15-minute broadcast already had been fed to affiliates for airing, it was discovered that Harvey had mistakenly referred to Reverend Jerry Falwell. Oh, so, really? <laughs> so, you know, the guy's 86 years old, so I don't know. Somebody needs to be screening his scripts. Whoops. ABC, yeah, ABC immediately uh, sent out an urgent uh, mandatory kill order, which, you know, in the radio business means, uh, you know, do not air, and they refed uh, affiliates a corrected version. It's not known whether the uh, first version aired anywhere uh, in particular. But uh, interesting, uh, somebody needs to be, look, you know, Har- Paul Harvey's son occasionally sits in for him when he's on mm-hmm. vacation or when he, I guess, has a wheel problem on his uh, wheelchair. I don't know that. But uh, Paul Harvey's an outstanding broadcaster and uh, maybe like Muhammad Ali, he's uh, uh, stayed too long. I don't know. Well, anybody could make a mistake, Bill. Yeah, Yeah, that's true, Harvey. (laughs) But, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, shouldn't somebody be clearing that material before they feed it out through uh, ABC? You would think somebody should have caught that, yeah. That would have been a good thing. Uh, Hmm. Maybe it was just just an honest mistake, you know. Maybe he was upset at Jerry. They wanted to give him a little (laughs) slap. He had Jerry on his mind, and he... You know, filled in the wrong wrong guy. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Years ago, there was a, a demo done and distributed uh, throughout the radio industry called Tomorrow Radio. Uh, it was back in the 70s. I think it was 70, uh, gosh, I want to say 77, something like that, which is a long time ago. And it talked about uh, canine kid power radio. It talked about punk country. It talked about the instant overnight uh, Arbitron ratings. And... For the most part, these things are coming true. (laughs) The Nickelodeon, here's something new. You wonder who's going to advertise on it. Nickelodeon's Nick Jr. launches broadband for two-year-olds, underscoring the attack savviness of even today's youngest children. Two-year-olds? I don't think so. Maybe. Nickelodeon's Nick Jr. has launched broadband sneak peeks of its newest preschool series, Go Diego Go, a full two weeks before the September 6th on-air debut. Uh, ages 2 to 5, Nick Jr. is Nickelodeon's preschool-oriented property aimed at kids 2 to 5. Isn't that amazing? So now well, they have I, a sneak peek for 2-year-olds and 5-year-olds. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, Uncle Brad here has uh, some uh, nephews that I've seen sit in front of the uh, computer, and they are uh, under the age. One's uh, 7, one's 5. Mm-hmm. Right. And the 5-year-old is as savvy as the 7-year-old. They take that mouse and they get on it. Now the two-year-olds that you're saying they're targeting for Nick Jr. Yeah, that's a, that's an that's an odd demographic stretch. Yeah. You would think that maybe um, two to three. You know, you'd have to get very specific on what you're trying to hit people with at that point. Yeah, uh, but uh, but isn't that interesting? Pacifiers. That too. Pacifiers that might that be too. a good product to advertise. That too. On Although that. my granddaughter, she has a golf cart, so and she's not two yet. Okay, well, I've seen that golf so cart. It's really cute. You're trying to brainwash her. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> what What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, really interesting. Uh, Howard Stern, we got a couple of minutes here before the break and a couple of minutes before we bring uh, uh, Joe Jaffe on. And uh, what are we going to talk about today with Joe? We're going to talk well, about has, the, uh, the book? Well, yeah, he has a book out, as you mentioned, Life After the 32nd Spot. And mm-hmm. uh, But this guy is uh, huge when it comes to 
new media. Uh, he has an outstanding background in that he's uh, formerly director of interactive media with TBWA Shiat Day, as well as uh, OMD, that's Ogilvy Mather Digital USA. And, uh, you know, I gosh, maybe uh, people that are known by the company they keep, his, some of his current and past clients include uh, Kmart, Absolute Vodka, your favorite, uh, MSN, and, and Google. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just to mention a few, the guy's got some... Uh, Credentials here, Ray. He's in Westport. He's as far away from the hurricane as he can possibly get without moving to England or something. Canada, yeah. Or something like that. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, we haven't heard from Howard Stern lately or about Howard Stern. Uh, Sirius is asking top dollar for the Howard Stern ads. By the way, if you're looking to, to buy a live read ad in the Howard Stern's Sirius radio show, satellite show, be prepared to shell out about the same as what advertisers pay for his current program for a considerably smaller audience. That's very interesting. Well, of course. Uh, bold, ambitious. The show doesn't uh, hit serious until January. Sales executives are tentatively talking price with media buyers, and their asking rate suggests that Sirius CEO Mel Karmazin has uh, bold ambitions for the Star Talker. Uh, one buyer reported being pitched 20000 bucks for the price uh, It's a, for a live read. Uh, another suggested the fee was a bit lower. Uh, live read, which the show's host uses provided script to endorse a product, is typically about twice as expensive as a 30-second spot. Uh, the floated price of the 20000 bucks is uh, close to what it currently costs to advertise on his current show through Infinity. So 20000 well, bucks if you want Howard to read your copy. And yeah, you and you know... It. <laughs> that may be a, a good price. I don't know. You, you were mentioning the numbers and so forth. Six million listeners currently listen to Howard on the conventional radio. Terrestrial, right. serious total number broad, uh, subscribers, 1.8 million mm-hmm. total. Well, that's good cost per point then, isn't it? Huh. We'll be back with uh, Joe Jaffe in just a minute on the Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Stick around. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Back on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth, we have our cups of Bosco here in the control room, even though the... The sign explicitly says do not have any drinks in the control room, but it doesn't say anything about Bosco. So, you know, that's that's a good drink. Anyway, it's uh, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, back with you on the advertising show. Our, our special guest uh, for this hour and for next hour is Joe Jaffe, president and founder of Jaffe LLC. Getthejuice.com. He's got a bunch of websites. I think he has more websites than we do combined. Lifeafter30.com, jaffejuice.com, getthejuice.com. Getthejuice.com. Wasn't that usually an O.J. Simpson site, I think? Yeah. Well, and it was, it was a, a microsite when he was uh, in, a, in a hurry to get somewhere. <laughs> wonder if he tried on the glove. No. No, probably mm. not. Uh, <laughs> com, a new marketing consulting practice prior to consulting. Joe is director of interactive media at TWBHIA Day and OMD USD, uh, USA, his uh, AMFM. His uh, past <laughs> and current clients include Kmart, Absolute Vodka, Embassy Suites, like Brad said, uh, Canard, the, uh, the AAAA, Reuters, uh, MSN, and Google. My goodness. I wonder if he has time for golf. Probably not. Joe is in Westport, Connecticut, and Joe... 
It is great to have you on the show. Welcome to the advertising show. Uh, it's great to be here, and I do wear a glove uh, when I'm playing golf. But uh, unfortunately, the way I play golf is borderline criminal. So well, so is so is OJ's. That's fine. You guys have a lot in common then. So same far. category. Same yeah. category. Yeah, I exactly. know. <laughs> OJ's a pretty good golfer, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Hey, Joe, welcome to the advertising show. And we were talking off the air just a few minutes ago, Brad, about the uh, this uh, this Howard Stern thing yeah. uh, with the uh, the twenty thousand dollar commercials. What do you think about mm-hmm. that, Joe? Well, look, I mean, there's no doubt that they're being greedy, but then again, you know, Howard Stern is more than a commodity. He really is a brand, Uh, and I think in so many ways he's he's reinventing the process. The things he's doing with uh, video on demand, for example, uh, how he's embraced that by radio. You know, it, it all comes back to a new marketing belief, which is that it's all about quality audience, not quantity audience. And to give you just a quick analogy, if you think about any box office opening, uh, on any given weekend, $30 million would be, I think anybody would turn around and say $30 million would be an incredible success for an opening weekend of a movie. But we're talking about 2 million human beings you know, deciding to see that movie. So think about marketing to a mass audience and think about talking to 2 million consumers who have the fate of any box office movie in their hands. It's a different ball game, I think, when you talk to the right people as opposed to trying to talk to all people at you know the same time with a one-size-fits-all approach. I think a targeted audience is an important thing. I think, uh, though, uh, specifically, well, let's talk about uh, classical radio for just a minute, or even a pure jazz format uh, when it comes to uh, to radio formats and such. Those seem to have failed uh, around the country, uh, basically because of the small size of the audience. What do you think about that? Well, you know, again, it, it, there is a a trade-off ultimately in terms of an audience that is too small uh, versus one that has that traction in certain critical mass. But I think when it comes to critical mass, it's it's not uh, the Super Bowl-type audience that it used to be. It can be just a very small audience that ultimately can propel something bigger. And really what what I'm alluding to is the ability to reach opinion leaders, uh, influencers, thought leaders. Um, A good example, you know, going back to the entertainment industry for a second, uh, some of the work that the Constant Garden is doing right now in terms of targeting blogs and targeting some of the political websites, uh, finding people that have a point of view, that are engaged in social issues, that are likely to influence others that would hopefully go to see the movie. So, again, you can speak to smaller audiences, um, but you know, it, it, there does need to be, I think, some kind of uh, exponential uh, factor that can accelerate the process. I agree. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, Ray. You brought up a, a point about, uh, in effect, what's called now narrow casting, and certainly on a on a terrestrial broadcast basis, to have a narrow audience or a small audience delivering uh, in that uh, environment is not desirable because uh, you're competing with really larger numbers of people available on other dial positions, other sure. call letters, other formats. Uh, fragmentation, uh, as you well know, Joe, is said to be the uh, holy grail for marketers for the future, the opportunity, of course, to reach and have a conversation with small clusters of consumers who are, I guess, the key here, consuming, not uh, what's forced upon them, but pulling the information and entertainment uh, themselves voluntarily. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I, I have to bring up a quote from comedian Stephen Wright, 
uh, he turned around and he said, uh, hard work pays off in the future, laziness pays off now. That's too much inflection. Uh, <laughs> no, bring it down a notch, Joe. I mean, the, look, the fact is, okay, here's, here's something that I found quite telling. In 1960, the average U.S. household had 5.7 channels to choose from. Today, the same home has over 100. And by 2010, News Corp predicts that the average home will have over 1,000 channels. Incredible. Um, although I guess the, the adage is over 1,000 channels and still nothing to watch. I mean, the fact <laughs> is fragmentation is here to stay. And, and what a lot of smart marketers are starting to do now uh, and the term behavioral targeting and behavioral marketing um, are starting to, I think, show the potential and the promise of what I call re-aggregation. In other words, the ability to target multiple smaller niche audiences, but then to aggregate them with the use and the help of technology to find that audience that has that critical mass. So it's mm -hmm. kind of ironic in a way that going from one extreme to the other might be the way that we end up in the middle once again. Well, we're going to talk about the uh, extremes and how many uh, people like yourself and others here on the show have talked about the old media model and old marketing model being broken. And uh, I, I want to talk uh, next segment about the transition from uh, where we are to, to new media and the potentialities of problems. But we opened the segment here as Ray was asking about satellite radio and value, et cetera, and, and uh, narrow casting. Will, do you see, Joe, satellite radio becoming the eight-track tape player of the future stored on a high shelf in the garage, pushing pushed aside by what's now being talked about being RSS feeds and podcasting? Well, you, you know, what the, what's kind of interesting, I think, uh, and I often talk to, to my clients about this, um, I say that there are certainly opportunities in using traditional media in non-traditional ways and surprising original ways. That's a good thing. At the same time, I would say that using non-traditional media in traditional ways is going to be equally bad. So uh, the thing, I think there is an opportunity, for example, I think that Adidas billboard in Japan, uh, where you have two soccer players basically uh, on a wall playing soccer with one another, that was using out of home, using a billboard in an incredibly creative way. At the same time, when we look at podcasting and RSS, and a lot of these new formats, I fear that if we follow a simple reach frequency model and, uh, you know, this program brought to you by, um, if we aren't able to inject something else, and, and I can talk about what that something else might be, yeah. um, you know, I think consumers are going to reject it a lot quicker. That's what happened with the Internet. You know, the Internet came along, and, and because today's consumer is just so different to the one 40, 50 years ago, there was almost this um, sense of entitlement. Hey, Joe, I, I'm, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. Uh, we've got to take a break here for uh, a couple of good things. They're called commercials. Joe Jaffe, one of the most sought-after consultant speakers and thought leaders in marketing and president and founder of, uh, of uh, GetTheJuice.com and also author of the book Life After the 30-Second Spot. Back in just a minute. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer, go lively, get lucky, cling to exciting beer flavor. Yes, it's that tradition uh, this time every Sunday afternoon. I pop open a fresh, cold, lucky beer. 
Mm. One time a week we can get lucky. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. We have a special guest of uh, this hour and next hour. His name is Joe Jaffe, and uh, he's got a brand-new book out, uh, Life After the 32nd Spot. Lifeafter30.com, you can find out. There is a blog, spot, uh, blog site as well, uh, jaffejuice.com, and also getthejuice.com. Joe Jaffe, <laughs> it is so good to have you from Westport, Connecticut, where it's probably nice and cool and rainy this Sunday afternoon, huh? Uh, it is both of those, yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah, we're, we are fast becoming the weather-related channel. That's important. And it's good to do People that. care about that. Well, that's true. Talk about yeah. narrow casting. Hey, we're going we're gonna to put a uh-huh. cable channel on and talk about nothing but the weather. Okay. Yeah, and by the, if you haven't been to weather.com, uh, Weather Channel did uh, redo their website. They've done a, a great job with that. You know, last segment we were talking a little bit about, uh, and you, you finished with this, uh, uh, Joe, talking about the ad industry and how it does currently rely on reach frequency exposure and cost per thousand metrics to evaluate media efficiencies. Uh, right or wrong, it's the collective agreement of the industry to evaluate media in this manner. W- with all the talk about accountability and ROI, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, and, and considering uh, it all seems to be about measuring how cheaply or how expensively it is to reach your target, how do you get an entire industry to move to a system of ev- evaluating media effectiveness based on outcomes and consumer engagement? Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've been talking about qualitative reach for years, and, um, and, and now it just seems, in fact, in the news this week, the, um, there was uh, a report, I think, uh, uh, coming out of Omaha, Nebraska, uh, MediaCheck, a company in Omaha, Nebraska, they've come out with uh, Project Wanamaker, uh, where they've basically come up with a couple of, I think, very damning uh, reports from measuring uh, about 3,000, uh, 3, I think with about 3,500 consumers and some of the leading brands' campaigns, looking at things like wear out, looking at completion rates. Uh, here are two just findings. At least seven new commercials reached 95 to 100% of the test household audience within the first week of airing. Uh, mm-hmm. And they basically concluded that many advertisers are better off having a commercial air for no longer than two to three weeks followed by a week off the air and then running a few days Hmm. per week. So in other words, they've come back really recommending that there is, you know, talk about Wanamaker, 50% of my advertising is wasted. Uh, It's wasted after the first week. Um, And so so that's pretty scary, I think. Now, I want to take that one step further. You know, we we talk about competitive separation in magazines. Um, I think that there needs to be almost creative separation in media. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. This is a very real example. This happened to me. I was watching Fear Factor on TV, and I always uh, preface that by saying not out of choice. It was an experiment. Uh, I then actually forced myself to watch the ads. These are the four ads I saw in order, and I'm not making this up. The first ad was for Taco Bell. Now, at first I thought that was probably a well-targeted ad, but when you think about what people were eating on Fear Factor, and Mm -hmm. then you start thinking about what perhaps is in your taco, Maybe that wasn't the smartest uh, bought spot. So the next ad uh, is an ad for a tampon brand, and, and I couldn't remember the brand, and, and I'm sure... Uh, well, you weren't most, the target. Exactly, and yeah. I never will be. Uh, the <laughs> okay. third ad was for some Dove moisturizing lotion, and mm-hmm. then the fourth ad was for Toyota Tundra. So I'm thinking if I'm Toyota right now, and I'm advertising my Tundra to an audience in Fear Factor, which I would think would probably be a good fit, I would be demanding a creative make good. 
Mm. So, you know, I think the problem with wastage, and, and this goes, you know, I think a lot of people listening to the show, I want to reassure them, I don't think advertising is going away. I don't even think television advertising is going away. I just think that we need to get better and smarter and a lot more diligent very quickly about uh, targeting better and making sure, I know it sounds like a cliché, that we're putting the right message in front of the right consumer in the right place at the right time. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. Ray and I have talked about uh, on the show many times about the importance of uh, uh, keying in on your environment in which your advertising will be performing, and so many uh, advertisers, be it... uh, uh, the challenge of the media person, media director on the agency side that's placing that on behalf of their clients or, or client themselves, not considering uh, where that en- uh, what that environment is all about and the uh, product and services that they happen to be selling uh, and, and the re- reaction to such uh, from the consumer standpoint who happens to be hearing, reading, or, or seeing uh, the particular uh, non-commercial component that's supposed to be bringing them to that place to begin with. Let's talk a little bit about revolutions, and certainly by their nature, they're neither seamless nor smooth, and we all believe, as you do, that the eventual collapse of the old media model is on its way. What happens, Joe, when 30 Rock, Black Rock, and all the other television networks are deemed in large numbers as inefficient advertising channels. Could, could this pretend a huge economic disaster, or, or will this be more of a gradual eventuality? Well, you know, m- my good friend Bob Garfield wrote the most magnificent piece in, in Ad Age, called the, uh, I think it was called The Chaos Scenario, uh, where he really spoke about what could happen if the bottom fell out. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things I said to Bob um, in the interview is that I predicted that what will happen is that advertising budgets are going to shrink and marketing budgets are going to increase. So there's a little bit of bad news, but I think a lot of good news. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to become so much more efficient and smarter about the way we target and how we connect with our audiences. And what will happen is instead of optimizing that media budget and moving from one lily pad to to another lily pad, what's going to happen is we're going to take those dollars and we're going to invest them in marketing. And and I'll say one other point, and I think it's a good segue to the future rather than talk about the bottom falling out of the upfront, uh, etc. You know, the, the original four Ps uh, that we all learned at college and, and before and, and after, product, uh, price, place, and, and, and uh, promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, first of all, that those four Ps are being replaced with what I call the five Cs, which stand for customization, commerce, content, context. Um, and, and I think what else is going to happen is that if you think about it, everything is becoming commoditized. Products are commoditized. You can go onto the web. You can compare specs. Pricing is becoming commoditized. Look at what's happened with GM and, and all of Detroit following suit with their employee discount uh, program. Place is commoditized um, in terms of being able to buy a product anywhere, 24-7, 365, because of the web. And ironically, the only thing that potentially will differentiate one product or brand from the other is going to be promotion, is going to be marketing. So I think we could actually, and, and, and I do predict that we're going to see a renaissance. Talk about, you know, after, you know, after the ashes, the smoldering ashes kind of, uh, um, you know, settle in. The phoenix will rise. And the renaissance is going to be a glory era for marketing, but it is going to have to be predicated you know, on the fact that we're going to be doing things for the right reasons, being a lot smarter, and certainly taking the consumer and putting them front and center and involving them in the process. 
Here's another so, interesting thing from the uh, Project Wanamaker uh, report as well. I thought this was kind of interesting. So the study also concludes that DVR homes are not necessarily skipping ads more than non-DVR homes. And that's such a hot topic. Shouldn't necessarily surprise you. We've been skipping ads since the birth of the remote control or even taking it one step further, the right. birth of the channel changer. The only difference is that only now we can measure it. Well, you know, as we've talked about here on the show, we're curious as to whether that 5% of the total uh, television market that currently has a uh, digital device, be it TiVo or some other device that allows you to skip com- commercials, if that's reflective of the entire populace. We'll have to wait to see. My suspicion mm-hmm. is that it is. Let's jump into your book here. A lot of what uh, you're listening to right now with Joe Jaffe, author of Life After the 30-Second Spot, is in his book, and, and it's a great read. It's uh, published by Wiley, and your subtitle, Energize Your Brand with a Bold Mix of Alternatives to, to Traditional Advertising. If you uh, are interested in knowing what the latest, greatest is in alternative media, uh, it's it's in this book, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, let's let's jump into uh, something that I found interesting, which was how you decided to promote your book in an unusual way, in that you posted it on uh, LifeAfter30.com in, a, in an unusual way that had never been done before. Talk a little bit about that, Joe. Um, well, well, I did a couple of things. The first thing that I did is I actually launched the blog about three months before the book. Um, and, and, and I think it, it, it became very obvious and transparent, and I was very honest about it with my blog, uh, with my audience, that I was using the blog in a way to promote um, the book. And I think my audience uh, understood that, and they accepted you know, that that was what I did for a living. And, um, but then I did a couple of other things. The, what's interesting about the blog, for example, um, is the fact that all the categories in the blog correspond to chapters in the book. So the book is this incredibly uh, static um, entity, but the blog keeps the book alive, mm-hmm. and and you know from now, I mean, in fact, I, I blogged the Project Wanamaker. I spoke about the fact that DVR homes don't necessarily skip more commercials than non-DVR homes, and in a way, this book lives in 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 you know paper form, but it also lives virtually. And we've got to take a break on that note, Joe. Good uh, good stuff, and there'll be more next hour as well as we join the uh, conversation. Joe Jaffe is our special guest out of Westport, Connecticut, with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. On the way, in just a moment or so, it's our Advertising Showcase. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Charlie was his name, we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He used good and plenty candy to make his train run. Charlie! It's the advertising show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and uh, Joe Jaffe will be back with us next hour. We also have Patrick Meyer on the way, Jeffrey Ginnemer today, Andy Borowitz. And uh, every week we look at the the upside and the downside of advertising. Uh, You know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Not a big percentage of good stuff out there, but there's a little bit out there. It just so happens that we've hit that magic 5% number today. (laughs) And now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. What are we talking about this week? Is it print or non-traditional or what? Actually, it's uh, television, and uh, I can't remember the the advertiser. 
a few weeks ago, but we, it was a advertising, and it was uh, by agency Crispin Porter. And then this week, it's the same agency, Crispin Porter, Bogusky, out of Miami. That Would does you get a letter work. from their lawyers or something, or what? No, yeah, no. We're, we were, we're doing a retraction. No, not really. It's just my opinion and, and our opinion. So we, okay. we give the guy's opinions. name is Pat Robertson, by the way. <laughs> yeah, true. Right. But, uh, no, it's for The Gap. A big big fan of The Gap's advertising. I think they do a great job. The, the spot is titled uh, Dust, and it is a TV spot. And, uh, you know, it's a 60-second uh, format, so that is unusual in itself. If you haven't seen the spot, very quickly, uh, as quick as I can, uh, describe a 60. The spot opens with a female customer walking into the store looking at a display of clothes. Uh, and then the spot focuses on a young man who drops a shirt on the floor, seemingly on purpose. Following uh, that, a series of drops and spills begins to take place, beginning with a saleswoman pushing a neatly folded stack of shirts on the floor. Uh, next, a female worker pushes a mannequin to the ground. By this time, you're wondering, well, where's the spot going? Next, we see a Gap salesman run towards the woman who just knocked the mannequin over, and he turns to her and says, is that all you got? And then he knocks over a mannequin. And uh, th- this goes on and on until we next uh, go to a um, uh, an abrupt stop of the music, Ray, and we see from the uh, POV, that's a uh, point of view, from the point of view of a person inside a car, a woman driving by the store, sees a piece of trash fly out the front of the uh, broken window of the store. She smiles. Uh, you're wondering where she's going with this. She does a, a U-turn and steers her car into the gap front window and now she's participating in this so as you visualize all of this chaos going on we we eventually uh, after several other scenes of this we uh, see at the towards the end of the spot a uh, a a statement a a copy line on the uh, screen that says pardon our dust and then the next copy reads uh, the all-new Gap is coming, and the spot ends with its traditional blue uh, Gap logo. The beauty of this spot is that it requires the viewer to stay engaged with the spot uh, to see what's going on. It, as I mentioned, it's an unusual 60-second format in today's world of making spots shorter and shorter. The 60 seems like a short, uh, you know, like a short film. But uh, the spot ends by finally delivering the goods in a relevant, and meaningful way to fully understand and fully remember that the gap is remodeling their stores it's it's so emotionally charged the brand certainly cannot uh, the branded message i should say cannot be missed uh, by those viewing the spot so both from a memorability standpoint as well as the fact that it resonates with its youthful aspirations of the uh, gap consumer i say aspirations because we we know i think we all know that the Gap uh, re- uh, targets more and reaches more than just young people. Baby boomers shop at the Gap as well. So it's a great spot that uh, clearly meets its objectives, created in a clever and memorable way. And congratulations to Crispin Porter and my favorite uh, uh, store, the Gap, uh, for this year's, uh, this week, I should say, advertiser showcase. Well, did you shop at the Gap, too? Is that what you're saying? Not really. I was actually in things. a Gap. I was, <laughs> I was at a Gap the other day uh, in our home market of Houston with my wife. And they quit carrying the men's uh, section. So I turned around, walked out in my car, and they did. continued to read whatever it was I was I reading. I didn't know that. Well, it was just one particular store. It wasn't, uh, it just so happened, huh. apparently, whatever that store, they didn't get much uh, male traffic. And so they converted it to all female. I didn't know they even did that kind of thing. And, uh, That's weird. No, no men's wear. Well, isn't, wasn't the gap a long time ago also structure? Well, they're owned by the same company, I believe, is what it is. But when I go back, when I think of the Gap, and I know you do as well, we think of uh, Dick and Bert, 
uh, years ago, oh, who really put the, the gap. Exactly. Yeah. They put that, that store on the map, and it was all about jeans in the beginning. It was just uh, mm-hmm. where you could buy your, your jeans. Yeah. Good jingle, huh? Yeah. Real good. Okay. Congratulations, Gap. Nice job, or Crispin Porter, I should say. Uh, Automotive advertising, let's see, the 6th of September, uh, which is what, about a week or so away here, is uh, going away with the uh, the employee pricing. It's about time, I think. Finally. Yeah, it's about time. It's good to to know that our furniture stores here in our home market of Houston have picked up on it. That's real smart, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you told you talked about that a few weeks ago, as if people have a connection with. Wait a minute, I'm an employee at a furniture store, yeah. and I'm going to get employee pricing on that uh, ottoman or that you know recliner. Come Please. on, yeah, that's yeah. so silly. Uh, speaking of auto advertising, uh, Ford Motor they've, they've lost about a billion uh, second quarter loss of about a billion, but they will spend thirty percent of their estimated one billion plus marketing budget this year on targeted media, up from 20% last year and more than triple what it was five years ago. That certainly is no surprise. Uh, And they're spending 15% on digital. Ford defines targeted approaches as direct mail, video on demand, mobile phone ads, sponsorships, CRM, and Internet marketing. It's the digital element that will benefit the most. Uh, The brand will spend 15% of the budget there, according to Martin Collins. He's a general marketing manager, so that's uh, Hmm. interesting, huh? Well, ties in well with today's program with Joe Jaffe on, and I don't know if you heard about this, Ray, and I'd like to talk to you off the air about this, but Echo Star Communications announced a decade of free satellite service for any city or town that changes its name to DISH. Mm-hmm. Two communities have responded uh, only one day after the announcement, uh, in- uh, interested residents of Brookvale, Colorado, as well as the upstate New York town of Virgil. Now, that would be an improvement for Virgil, Virgil I guess, to yeah. go to Dish. Yeah. Uh, have both contacted uh, uh, Echo Star as a potential uh, candidate. And I don't know about you, but I think the uh, Dish show sounds pretty good, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I think it sounds great. Instead uh, of the advertising show? I don't think Would we allow them for a few weeks? To we could rename Houston. That would be just fine. Speaking of Dish, aren't they the ones that do the uh, the uh, the other cable companies suck? I think they are. I think they, I think do, they are. Yes. And I finally saw one of those commercials uh, several times. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Those are funny, and they're doing a good job with that. I really mm-hmm. think that is hysterical. So, well, that's, you, uh, you remembered it. Oh, absolutely. No, it's, but it's are you subscribing? Cool. <laughs> no, I'm a direct TV <laughs> well, person, go. okay? <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Thank you very much, except when that's it rains. True. That right. still is a problem. Even though direct TV <laughs> says, no, that's not a problem anymore. Well, DirecTV, it's a problem. Go <laughs> fix it. Matter of fact, it wasn't even raining yet, and the cable was out last evening. Go figure. Really? I don't understand. Joe Jaffe is with us next hour. We've got Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider on sex, lies, and advertising. Ooh. Jeffrey Gittimer, too. Andy Borowitz as well. And uh, who else? Joe Jaffe will be back with us. And we're going to talk more about the book and uh, more about what uh, Joe is all about here, too, on the advertising show. Don't forget, you can go to theadvertisingshow.com to find out more about what we're up to. And we've got the RSS uh, broadband, uh, the, the, the podcasting, just about to launch. That'll be really cool, too, as well. But go to theadvertisingshow.com to find out more. The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio ministry production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. 
Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Back for hour number two of the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adh.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. We'll continue this hour our conversation with Joe Jaffe, president and founder of Jaffe LLC, getthejuice.com. I'm going to say it with a little, you know, gettojuice.com. A new yeah. marketing consulting practice prior to consulting. He was director of interactive media, TWB, uh, TVWHI Day, and OMDUSA. And his uh, past and current clients include Kmart, Absolute Vodka, with a twist, Embassy Suites, Canard, uh, the uh, AAAA, Reuters, MSN, and so on and so forth as well. So we'll talk more uh, more to, uh, to Joe uh, this hour. We also got Patrick Meyer here in a few moments. Jeffrey Gittimer's with us and uh, Andy Borowitz. Um, the president has been thinking about moving the U.S. Capitol to uh, out west, a, a state where he's more liked. Uh, so we're going to talk about that later on this hour. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know this. I, I learned it myself from talking to Joe off the air uh, leading up to today's show. Uh, the GetTheJuice.com website, mm-hmm. it was created in the backseat of a Ford Bronco. <laughs> While speeding down the... No, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. And, hey, you know, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking about that, that Ford stuff where they're spending the, uh, the 15% for digital media. Mm-hmm. Between Feb and mid-June, more than 115 consumers who visited FordVehicles.com picked their options and priced the all-new Fusion sedan arriving this fall. They've got a new sedan called Fusion. And, uh, but anyway, 115 consumers uh, visited FordVehicles.com. It's out there and should be put to good use. How many? 115,000. Yeah, that's a nice number. Yes. Hey, you know, you, uh, I didn't realize this till I saw this, you and Martha, Martha Stewart both have something in common here. I hate to say what, but what? Well, you're, you're both getting ready to ha- get to shake that uh, ankle bracelet uh, here pretty soon. I like my ankle bracelet. <laughs> I know you do, it's but a, it's, yeah. a, it's a... You know, it, it, it's going to be court ordered here soon. No, got it for me for my birthday last year, well, and I've been wearing it. And I always get pulled over. What is the deal with that? I don't well, understand that. Actually, your wife said since I bought her the GPS uh, system, she didn't realize you traveled so much during the day. But, I uh, see. Is a good way to keep tabs on you. But after a three-year battle with the legal system, mm-hmm. uh, hot news here: Stewart is uh, less than a week. Uh, before she gets released from her extended house uh, arrest on August 31st, which we determined a long a time joke. ago when, well, we determined a long time ago when she was, uh, uh, when it was de- determined that she was going to be under house arrest, that they, uh, the court had totally screwed that up because it ended up being, um, uh, more of a uh, criminal offense for the housekeeper than for, uh, Martha Stewart <laughs> having to live with her for the last several months, uh, while Martha was under house arrest, but during a news conference recently promote, to promote her upcoming television uh, show, Stewart is quoted as saying, I am very much looking forward to release from home confinement. Well, first of all, she's been running around New York anyway. She hadn't been sure. in there. Yeah, but she's been doing a few social. What? There's still a restrictive attitude there. I can understand that. And what a joke the whole thing has been. Well, she's about, she's about to launch the, and we've been talking about this for a while, the, she's gearing up for the softer side of Martha through a new daytime television talk show that is uh, going to be an Apprentice-style reality TV program, of course, uh, done by the same uh, same producer that produces The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting. It's, it's surprising that her, her show, her syndicated show, has cleared 
several markets, and it'll be uh, interesting. I believe she'll bounce back. What do you think, Ray? Well, of course she will. Who gets the last laugh? Always. Martha. Well, except for uh, Tam, uh, t- uh, Tammy, uh, Tammy and uh, uh, the Bakers, except the for Bakers, the Bakers. Yeah. Not the Robertsons. He never bounced back, did he? No, yeah. he sure didn't. But that's yeah. a totally different story. We have, uh, we have <laughs> Patrick true. Meyer. Speaking of sex, lies, and advertising, we have Patrick Meyer on the Advertising Show. <laughs> Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Okay, well, we got nine seconds of sex lies and advertising. That's weird. I know it was all there. I don't know. Patrick Meyer, well, maybe he went down to Starbucks or something like that. Who knows? I love the open. Yeah, I guess that works out pretty good. That's kind of strange, isn't it? It is strange. Okay, well, let's just move on. This is like trying to do a traffic report when there's no traffic reporter. Hey, by the way, if you're listening to us, if you're listening to us in New Orleans on the on the internet, please shut your computer off and, and get the heck get out of town. <laughs> be a good yeah, idea. you know, you mentioned uh, traffic, and and Sirius Satellite Radio just announced just last week, Ray, that they plan to provide traffic data to 22 major U.S. metropolitan areas uh, under a new agreement with digital map provider Navtech beginning in November. And you and I had. Uh, had someone on that, uh, well, gosh, it was several years ago, two, three years ago, and the gentleman uh, was from a uh, radio program that he did out of Detroit, trying to think of his name, Ray, uh, but he, yeah. he basically was an automotive uh, editor for... Uh, well, he was with Auto name. Week, wasn't he? It yeah. was Auto yeah, Week, yeah, yes, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. He was the editor of Auto Week, and he uh, basically said that he was testing uh, satellite radio, and he was driving around the Midwest, uh, and he plugged onto a... Uh, weather report uh, that was for L.A., and, uh, hmm. and and he was confused about that, and he thought they had some bugs to work out, and here Sirius is going to now be offering uh, traffic information to map data and uh, from road sensors, cameras, and airborne reports that will be available in, like I mentioned, 22 markets, including uh, Baltimore, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Fort Worth, Detroit, Houston, Los Angeles, and many others. Sirius hmm. expects to expand the service to more than 50 cities by 07. Bundled with its regular Sirius programming, the traffic service will cost 16.99 per month, but traffic data alone can be obtained for 9.99 hmm. uh, per month. Now, I don't know about you, but you know you can get it free over on terrestrial radio so why would you want to pay for that i don't get that i i understand completely why you want to pay for that i think that's a great idea well, i think why it's would fantastic you, why would you why, most serious radios have the terrestrial radio capability right there in your car so why mm-hmm. wouldn't you just switch over and get the unless it's some kind of new and improved traffic capability yeah. it sounds like just a duplication of content I don't know, because uh, many, okay, traditional broadcast, you really are force-fed a lot of stuff that you don't need to, to, to uh, listen to or you want necessarily. And again, with this kind of stuff, you know you're going to get exactly what you need and you're going to get it when you need it. Uh, well, most, most, most radio stations, well, even uh, this radio station doesn't do, at least I don't think they do. Do they do traffic reports during the middle of the day? Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. No, not the middle of the day. It's like, here's the rush hour here, and here's the rush hour there. And if you want it any other time, you can't get it. Yeah. And, it, again, I think it's um, it's something that uh, would be worth paying for, and I think that's where it's all headed. Well, I can't speak for our flagship in Houston, but uh, other news talk uh, formats across America offer, uh, and only news news talk formats offer the news, uh, offer traffic reports uh, throughout the day throughout mm-hmm. the broadcast day in addition to morning and evening drive. My only point, Ray, is that if you're going to ask the consumer to 
buy something that is normally free in, in traditional media channels. It's got to be something different. And it may be, maybe through this, uh, you know, cameras and airborne reports and road sensors, if it's more accurate, then you can charge nine ninety five uh, a month. But if it's not, and there's a news talk station in your home market, you punch over to it, and they do that. You know, they repeat the traffic every you know ten minutes. They right, do that regularly. Right. I think the so, funniest thing is watching traffic reports on TV. Like, what good is that going to do you? Yeah, that's. You no, know, it's point. like if, if unless you have a TV in your car, that might. And help. if you but do, who wants to be driving next to that idiot? <laughs> by the time you get on the road, the traffic problem will probably be gone. Of course, it is. The road is it, gone, or something like that. Of course. So, uh, so. Joe Jaffe is going to be uh, joining us here. The. Uh, uh, GetTheJuice.com, the Life After the 30-Second Spot we want to talk about with Joe as well. And uh, what was the other website? Uh, let's see. Well, we have, uh, get uh, the That's a blog right. site as well. LifeAfter30.com, you would think, had to do with some aging uh, website. That's possible. Life After 30. 30 no, 30-second 30 spot. Oh, that's okay. right. It's Joe Jaffe back with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and uh, more on the way. Jeffrey Gittimer, we hope, Andy Borowitz, and all that kind of good stuff, too. So stick around, the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Pee-wee Reese has a way with Dodger rookies or Sandlot youngsters. Pee-wee, you do a lot of work with boys. Not work, Al. I like baseball and kids. I enjoy helping teenagers start right. Oh, that's around shaving age. And you give them pointers on personal appearance, too? Yes. A boy has more self-respect when he's clean-shaved. I tell him to use a Gillette razor, Al. You said it. There you go. Pee Wee Reese, the classic spots in the advertising show, Rachel and Brad Forsyth. Shave that chin hair off, boy. <laughs> you look like a beatnik. The uh, advertising show welcomes back uh, the Joe Jaffe. Uh, Life After the 30 Second Spot is the book. Uh, Lifeafter30.com is uh, one of the ways that uh, uh, Joe is actually marketing the book. Um, the JaffeJuice.com, a blog site, the uh, company site. Uh, Joe's uh, company site is Get the Juice. Dot com and and Joe, welcome back to the show. You were saying that uh, uh, that you actually have like a, a chapter or like ten pages of the book uh, up on the website. Is that correct? Yeah, but first I just wanted to let you know that actually you got all the URLs wrong. Uh, it's actually dish juice get the dish and life off the dish dot com. I got you. Yeah. I've decided to cash in on the Echo Star Challenge. <laughs> well, no, no, right. the, the URLs are correct. Um, yeah, what I actually thirty second spots suck. Is that what you were saying? Going to say exactly. Not me. Um, uh, what I actually did is uh, Chapter 10, which is actually called Rethink the Agency, Subtitle Fix the Agency Mess. Um, I actually took it completely out the book, and I put it online. And, and to, to my knowledge, this is the first book in the world that has actually taken a linear chapter and put it online or put it somewhere else. Um, I wanted to do it to force people out of their comfort zones, but at the same time, there is some kind of reward because when you go to that unique URL, you have two choices. You have audio and visual. You can download or read the PDF or print the PDF, and you can actually listen to the MP3. So hopefully, you know, that little bit of, of action or movement or, or behavior shift that takes place is rewarded with at least a little bit more content. That's great. Well, and, you know, just to show we've done our homework here on the advertising show, your online Chapter 5 uh, discusses how the customization 
uh, came back to bite global powerhouse Nike uh, for their idea to create personally designed shoes. Yet in Chapter 16, you praise Nike for their Red Sox Just Do It commercial. Uh, are you having kind of a, a struggle here on whether you're going to compliment Nike, or, or, or how do you feel about this? Well, there's a third part uh, to the equation. I actually created uh, a little uh, television spot, if you want to call it that, after Tiger sunk that incredible chip on the 16th in, in the Masters. Uh, I created my own uh, television spot, almost a homage to Nike and and uh, to Tiger Woods and to the whole mantra of just doing it. And I stuck right. that spot. Within 30 minutes, I'd created this TV spot. It cost me nothing. I put it onto my blog, and I got 155,000 views within five days without any wow. advertising or promotion. So I, I wow. wanted Nike to reach out to me. I wanted them to embrace it. I wanted them to put it on the air. I didn't expect them to hire me. I didn't expect them to praise me. I certainly hoped they wouldn't issue a cease and desist. And they just kept quiet. And so, in a way, I can't fault them for not doing anything. I just wish they'd done something more. But, you know, for the most part, Nike's a fantastic brand. And I almost dedicated my book to them, you know, for restoring hope that we don't all suck at advertising. Well, and you're exactly right. Nike, uh, outstanding advertising. We were fortunate to have a former uh, chief marketing officer for Nike on our show several years ago. And uh, no doubt, uh, one of the more outstanding uh, brands here. You know, you know yes. the, pro- the problem with the whole customization issue um, is that, you know, uh, because the web has almost created this, this uh, immediate global community, there are going to be consumers that are going to do things like that. There is this consumer out there right now that created or, 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 or took a bunch of FedEx boxes and created or furniture for his, for his entire apartment just out of FedEx boxes. <laughs> it is the most incredible website and pictures. And FedEx have, you know, they've dug their heels in and they've tried to essentially get him to take down his site and, and, and take down all these boxes. And instead of embracing this as the PR coup of the century, you know, they've ended up looking like idiots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And again, uh, I highly recommend Life After the 30 Second Spot and uh, lifeafter30.com, a great place to go to see more, uh, a little touch of that and uh, get a feel for the book. Uh, let's jump into very quickly, I guess we have what, Ray, uh, three, four oh, minutes, three minutes left on this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into the central hypothesis of your book, uh, Life After the 30 Second Spot. What is it? Well, you know, most people interpret the title as Life After Death, the death of the 30 Second Spot. And that's not the intention. The intention is to say that there is life after the 30-second spot. So if your diet consists only of 30-second spots, basically what I'm saying is put a couple of other things on your plate. You know, create a more balanced diet. It will be better for your nutritional intake and for your long-term well-being. I'm saying that the 30-second spot in its existing form is either dead, dying, or outlived its usefulness. It's not the star of the show anymore. It's just a member of the cost or even the supporting cost. There are so many options and alternative approaches out there, and marketers should be you know, doing backflips uh, in, in, in celebration of the fact that they have so many ways now to connect with this empowered uh, and this skeptical uh, and this very elusive consumer. And that's yeah. really what the central premise is of the book, which is we owe it to ourselves to fix this before it gets worse. For 50 it is years, an... I was going to say, for 50 years we've yes. traded on this gold standard, on this golden goose. But it's now time to say, you know what, we got by for a long time without having to do much. Now it's time for us to innovate again. Well, and uh, the golden goose, if not is cooked, is uh, certainly simmering very well right now. And uh, 
I, I think it's an interesting time that we live in from people uh, to interview you and others like you that all uh, profess a uh, change that we are in the middle of right now and about to even change more going forward. Marketers that are not in touch with a lot of what you say in your book are going to be left in the dust. You have just a minute or so left. I'd like to make a special announcement to all of our listeners that we're fortunate to be uh, having Joe Jaffe as a regular contributor for the advertising show here very soon. He's going to be featuring uh, a vignette very much like you hear uh, others on our show doing on a regular basis, Patrick, Patrick Meyer and Gittimer and uh, the others. And uh, we're very honored and pleased to uh, have you aboard, Joe. Yeah, I'm excited. Maybe my first vignette will be about Gap, about their uh, Pardon Our Dust campaign, because while you were talking to your listeners about that, I actually went to Gap.com, and I saw that their site is under construction. So I'm busy <laughs> blogging right now whether this was an act of brilliance or just uh, another nail in, in their very traditional coffin. Could be an extension of the tease, and, uh, but on the other hand, if the, you know, we, we featured a... Uh, a vodka a few weeks ago that had uh, a website on their full-page Wall Street Journal ad that when you go to the uh, website, Ray, mm -hmm. uh, what there. was it? Yeah, it was under uh, construction. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a static page. It wasn't under construction, but it wasn't. Right. So you couldn't get it there, uh, which is really kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, good concept, though, eh? Well, you know, the thing is, as much as I wish it were true that this was completely timed and integrated with the central idea, you know, the fact is I know it isn't the case. And the reality is that, you know, this ad is not being seen across the country right now. But if they can create a PR uh, wave of, of interest and intrigue around it, people will be going to Gap.com, seeing that the site is under construction, recognizing that the site and the stores are one and the same, and actually getting interested and intrigued about the next wave of uh, renovation. That's Joe Jaffe on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, Life After the 30 Second Spot. We've got more conversation with Joe. Also have uh, just ahead Jeffrey Gittimer, who will be uh, joining us momentarily. With Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, uh, stay with us. decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. What do you want when you gotta eat something? It's gotta be sweet and it's gotta be a lot and you gotta have it now. What do you want? Lips, mac and whip, pack and patty, whack and ink and knack and it's the advertising show. It's snack time here with Rain Brad, and our special guest is uh, Joe Jaffe. Uh, Life After the 30-Second Spot is the book, and uh, a lot of great websites to go to. Before we get back to our interview, though, Brad, we're going to check in with Jeffrey Gittimer, another guy who knows a few things about stuff. You know what I mean? Let's hear it. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Those pesky customers can stall you. Let me give you an example of a stall on the people side. See if this sounds familiar. Uh, sounds good, Jeffrey, but I have to talk this over with my wife, uh, my husband, my boss, or the accountant, uh, the lawyer, the executive committee, the home office, my cat whiskers, my two-year-old son, or my girlfriend. People not being able to decide on their own. Don't you hate that? Well, 
Here's how to overcome it with the isolation process, a powerful path to more sales. First, isolate the person to a decision that does not include the others. Bill, if it was only you, what would you decide? This gives you a chance to find out how they really feel or if they will support you when speaking to others. Second, double qualify the commitment. Ask, is there anything that would change or you would object to if it was only you? Third, secure the prospect's support when he or she meets with the third party. Bill, when you go to see others, will you support this purchase? And fourth, find other ways to get the decision now. Suggest alternatives that might get Bill to act now without risk. Bill, since you're in favor, we only need your spouse's approval. How about if we fill out all this paper stuff and give it to me and we can get started? And when your spouse says okay, we'll be ready to go. And, of course, if your spouse says no, we'll just tear up the papers. Hard to say no to that. The isolation process is a powerful way of getting to the truth, finding out the real objections, and in about 30% of the cases, actually making the sale. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Well, you see, Dish Network was not the first one to pick up that concept. They must have stolen it from Jeffrey, our good friend Jeffrey Gittimer. Yeah. yeah. So we'll need to call Charlotte on that. Uh, the lawyers will call <laughs> that in the morning, something like that. Joe Jaffe is our special guest. And uh, the uh, Life After the 30 Second Spots is lifeafter30.com, jaffejuice.com, getthejuice.com. I'd like a latte, Joe. Thank you very much. And welcome back to the Advertising Show. Mm, that's good to be back. Yeah, let's jump into uh, what, uh, you know, very interesting stuff in your book. One thing in particular, an interesting observation that you make about how time, uh, today's consumer, uh, and all of us, I guess, for that matter, who are consumers, and that's all of us, of course, uh, our time is broken into three different parts that you've coined one as being the third place. Talk a little bit about uh, what you mean by the third place and give us some context on that. Well, sure. I mean, you know, we spend so much time, obviously, at home and, and, and at the office, and uh, only just now, uh, marketers are, and, and advertisers are figuring out that the web is a great place to talk to that at-work community. When it comes to home, um, you know, I often uh, I question the validity of prime time just based on the fact that, you know, as Chuck Porter says, nobody wants to talk to a salesperson. And I think being sold to at 9 o'clock at night is a very challenging uh, proposition, which is why we have abusive frequency. But it's that third place that really excites me. Think about all the time that you spend on a daily basis, not at home or not at the office. Think about the commute to and from work. Think about all the time that you're traveling, stuck on that tarmac, you know, staring at the back of your seat on an airplane. Think about the time that you're in a hotel. Think about the BlackBerry and the iPod and the fact that these devices are really talking to you when you are, in fact, uh, a captive audience. I'm very excited by the third place. People talk about the third screen, meaning mobile marketing and messaging. I like the idea of the third place because it's so much bigger than just advertising through Blackberries and cell phones. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and it'll be interesting as we go forward whether your coining of that term becomes uh, the uh, ubiquitous uh, 
reference for the uh, 21st century because it certainly is all going that way. You know, the Internet has has demonstrated its ability to outdraw TV. For instance, the comedian John Stewart uh, went on CNN's Crossfire to uh, have a, a little battle with uh, Tucker Carlson. Many right. of us, of course, all know about this. The episode got around 400,000 uh, viewers on CNN. That same segment was copied and put on the Internet, and it received uh, at last count over 5 million views. So Who's more powerful, CNN uh, or the network no one owns, also known as the Internet, uh, that no one owns, I should say, also known as the Internet? In the case that we just illustrated there, Joe, uh, the Internet has as a channel or network competing with the likes of CNN, ABC, et cetera. How, how do you see the power of the Internet being harnessed uh, to the economic benefit of both the content provider as well as uh, marketers? Well, it also, you know, it brings up the whole notion of the long tail and how a piece of content can thrive and survive and, and, and be continuously consumed, you know, ad infinitum. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about when, when I do reference the Internet, I call it the chameleon of modern-day marketing because to just call it a medium would, in fact, be doing it a tremendous disservice and an injustice. It is a comedian because it's a medium, it's a storefront, it's a channel, it's a distribution mechanism, it's a customer service tool, it's a, it's a telephone, it's a friend. It's really whatever a consumer wants it to be. And, and I use, uh, oftentimes I use the analogy of Grand Central Station to describe the web, even from an integrated marketing standpoint. Think about Grand Central. Consumers come in, they go out. Trains come in, trains go out. There's a schedule, there are conductors, there's very much a defined process, there's a food court. Some consumers begin their, des- their, their journey there and some end their journey, and some aren't even traveling. They're just meeting people. That's exactly the role that the web's going to play. So it really is this haven or this melting pot for content, for commerce, for even commercials to come together. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but it is just uh, you know, this ubiquitous opportunity now for marketers. You know, you mentioned the long tail, and certainly uh, Ray and I are familiar with uh, that particular article that came, or, or essay, whatever you want to call it, that was written by the editor of Wired magazine, a few, uh, year, I guess over a year ago. Can you put in 60 seconds or less the uh, long tail concept for our audience members who may not be familiar with that? Well, I don't think I can put anything into 60 seconds. But I'll, <laughs> well, you know, just think, just think about the fact that through the, the through search that any piece of content or any title is now available that wasn't uh, really available or accessible before. So now through Netflix, for example, you can find a piece of content, a movie, that may interest you based on your previous purchases or based on other people's purchases or based on a wish list or based on a search string. Um, and, and through devices or through services like Netflix, for example, um, consumers are ending up watching movies that are 10, 15, 20, 25 years old and continuously working on them. And so what's really happening is, is over time, the incremental sales of a movie, of a book, of a product are, are greatly in excess of what that short-term burst or blip would have been. And if you think about marketing and advertising dollars, they've always been focused on a much shorter-term time frame. But now it would seem that over a much longer period of time, that's where the real wealth is going to accumulate. Yeah, and I I think another point that uh, to echo that, record sales is an example where the same scenario exists and it's being driven by consumer interest with uh, a number of uh, titles that... uh, 
heretofore were not interested or that the uh, certainly the uh, those that were deciding who would get what out there, that being the uh, management of record companies and producers of, of such, uh, are finding that what they were producing and sending out to the public, now that they have an opportunity to pull that towards them as opposed to having it shoved in your face, that there's a lot of product out there that has uh, an interest among mm. the general consuming public. And, and there are a number of, you know, there are a number of factors. Search is a huge factor. Access or ease of access is another one. And I think the community is, is a third one in terms of recommendations. You know, you go to Amazon.com and you invariably end up purchasing two or three other books because mm. you find out what people like you are purchasing as well. And that is more credible and authentic than any critic's recommendation. Well, it's all in the book Life After thir- the 32nd Spot, and it's uh, jaffejuice.com, lifeafter30.com, uh, all kinds of great places where you can uh, find out more about this, a book we highly recommend here on the advertising show produced by, uh, published by Wiley, and uh, great to have you aboard. It was great to be here. Oh, we got to get them to sign the contract now, Brad. We'll do that well, in just true. a few minutes here. <laughs> it's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show, and uh, we'll be back. We've got uh, Andy Borowitz on the way and uh, a few more things as well. And uh, that'll happen in just a moment. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. You're at the top secret karate training school. These trainees are learning how to defend themselves in case they get a high karate gift set for Christmas. Hiya! High karate. After shave and cologne. There's a cram course on self-defense in every package. Well, thank goodness that has gone away. At least I think it has. It's not in my medicine cabinet, that's for sure. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. Just, just talking with Joe a moment ago, and he wants to make sure that we, uh, uh, we mention the fact that the lifeafter30.com slash live is the place where you can go to, uh, uh, to get that uh, download of the book, at least the one chapter, lifeafter30.com. And it was yeah. fun having Joe on the show today. We've got, uh, I've got to get to that page now. Let me look who's next here. I know who it is. It's... You want me to tell you? No, no, no. I've got it right here. It's uh, okay. Lars. Lars Bathholm. Yeah. Lars. Where do you think he's from? Has to have Jersey. Has to have an accent. <laughs> Executive creator at AKQA New York, which is a really cool site and uh, a place yeah. and all that kind of cool stuff. So mm-hmm. remember, Lars was the one that we were going to have on that one time, and yep. we rescheduled him. We or did reschedule. we rescheduled him. That's yes. him. Okay. So, anyway, we've got uh, Andy Borowitz coming up right now on The Advertising Show. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. Idaho, the state which currently gives President George W. Bush his highest approval rating in the nation, could soon be getting something in return. As the president this past week proposed moving the nation's capital to Idaho for the remainder of his second term. Mr. Bush used a speech in Boise to float the idea of moving the nation's center of government from Washington, D.C. to the Gem State. I'll tell you this, Mr. Bush told the cheering crowd, I wouldn't mind going back to Washington so much if Washington were in Idaho. While some in the audience at first thought Mr. Bush was suffering from a bout of geographic confusion, he soon made it clear that he was actually proposing moving the federal government to Idaho. 
decision that could mean trillions of dollars to that state. But Charles Nesbig, professor of political science at the University of Minnesota, believes that moving the nation's capital from Washington to Idaho could hold hidden perils for Mr. Bush. Right now, Idaho loves Bush, but Bush is almost never there, Dr. Nesbig said. There's a possibility that once Bush is in Idaho a whole lot, Idaho won't like him nearly as much. But Dr. Nesbig says there could be a silver lining to such a scenario. Once President Bush realizes that Idaho is where he has to go to work every day, he probably won't be there that much, especially in the summer. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to BorowitzReport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. And it's Rachel and Brad Forsyth back with you for uh, just a just a few minutes here on the advertising show. Again, uh, Lars Bathsholm, executive creative director at AKQA New York, is going to be with us uh, next week. I'm talking all about the internet stuff on today's show, as we do a lot. Um, here is something from Kraft. Kraft has always done a good job of marketing themselves, even uh, way back when the you know back in the 50s and the 60s as well. But um, they're now offering recipe downloads for iPods. Uh, late last month, the packaged goods uh, behemoth began offering consumers the chance to download 100 of its summer recipe hits into the uh, little-used notes uh, areas of Apple's mobile uh, digital music players uh, promoted via its own recipe website. So there again, they're promoting it via website. Uh, thecraftfoods.com, as well as in weekly food and family emails to roughly 3.3 million folks, the innovative approach just one of the many crafters uh, eyeing to reach modern-day consumers. Modern-day consumers, that's important. Mm-hmm. But it says here, Brad, in addition to getting a, a foot in the water with the iPod technology, Kraft is likewise testing text messaging efforts with cell phones and PDAs that similarly hopes to expand soon and support with greater marketing attention. Um, there is a gentleman that with Kraft that said, since the July 25th launch, several thousand people have downloaded recipes, among them grilling ideas featuring Kraft's zesty Italian dressing and desserts using Kraft's Cool Whip and uh, Jello brands to their iPods, so it's uh, a lot of things happening there. The RSS feeds and podcasting continues, and that's interesting. And we're going to be continuing our announcement, working with uh, Shipple uh, in our local market of Houston to uh, transition over to RSS feeds for the AdvertisingShow.com, and more on that next week. Ray, here's a here's a really nice idea for tapping the power of Google. You mentioned uh, online and internet capabilities and. Uh, the particular website of uh, Times Herald Record in Middleton, New York, has created a gas watch map featuring, uh, which uh, I should say feature, which shows the uh, prices of various gas stations in its region. Zoom in on the map, and you can actually see uh, exactly where mm-hmm. a, the price a, go a, up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, probably. You can see them changing the little digits out there. Now yeah, you can see right. where the station with a competitive price is located. The Guest Watch also allows readers to submit an updated price for a listed station or submit information about a station not yet on the map. So there's a citizen's journalism, I guess, component to, to this feature. But, uh, it's a great idea, you know, for, uh, you know, to take what's, uh, uh, in the news a lot right now and of heightened interest among all consumers, and that's what you pay per gallon, and uh, create some collaboration and some uh, connection with a, a newspaper's website. With the price problems with gas, I would almost rather have price problems than what we experienced in the 70s where we had no gas. Yeah. This is much better. True. <laughs> even we though also, it's not good. Well, back in those days, you could say, are you even or odd, and it actually meant something. 
<laughs> Remember? That's, that's, oh, absolutely. Was, um, the digit of last digit of your license plate was exactly. the way they did that, yeah. for those not familiar. And if you had a letter, well, you couldn't get gas. You know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't need it. Uh, this is interesting from, uh, this is an adage.com um Article out of New York, it says, Nielsen Media Research is reporting that its controversial local people meter, the LPM system, has found startling changes in TV viewership over the last year among 18 to 34-year-old folks. Oops, where yeah, did they really. go? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's suggesting that where, not where did they go, but they've been there. They just didn't know it before. Oh, the company said, yeah, right. The company said data from six of the local markets of the LPM showed dramatic increases in the number of viewers 18 to 34 in July 2005 versus July 2004. I find that hard to believe. Hmm. The increase occurred in all the markets and most uh, day parts. The meters track viewership of local broadcast and cable stations. A Nielsen spokesperson attributed the changes to the meters' ability to track overhaul local viewership more accurately. I just don't, I don't, I don't totally get that. Hmm. What do you well, think about that? I think the TV uh, monitor must be in the same room as the computer. You think so? Well, I, it must it must be because if they're getting credit for that, I still question whether they're they're watching. You know, maybe the TV's on in the background. That's, How many people use that so. in that way? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we've enjoyed uh, visiting with Joe Jaffe. Uh, go to the site and look for the book "Life After the Thirty Second Spot." And uh, join us next week for Lars Bathholm, executive creative director at AK. QA New York. Go to that website. It's a pretty cool place to go to, and uh, we'll have a good conversation with uh, Lars as well. So uh, we also want you to go to the AdvertisingShow.com's website, theadvertisingshow.com, and uh, what you'll find there is the archive shows that, uh, my goodness, it goes back uh, several years now, and there's just a bunch of good stuff up there and a lot of information about advertising and marketing intelligence, so look for that as well. So this is Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. <laughs>